VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. We've got a ton of information we need to share with you today as there is much taking place this week. A very important Supreme Court case heard, which again impacts uh, how they view the religious rights uh, guaranteed by our U.S. Constitution. Uh, The case is going to determine if individuals should be forced to violate their own religious convictions that don't conform to state-accepted beliefs. Our guest today filed an amicus brief to the High Court in support of the free speech of one named Lori Smith, a case called 303 Creative versus Ellenus. And uh, what this uh, case is all about, what are the ramifications for it as well. But while we await this decision from the court, the Congress is wasting no time in thumbing their nose against God and passing the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Joining us today, we welcome back constitutional attorney Matt Staver, the founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Uh, Matt has three landmark cases before the U.S. Supreme Court, an author, the host of uh, radio broadcast Faith and Freedom and Freedom's Call. Matt, good to have you back with us today. Good to be with you, Jim. Matt, just hours ago, the House of Representatives joined uh, together uh, 39 Republicans there with all 219 Democrats to pass what's being called the Respect for Marriage Act, uh, previously passed the Senate with the help of Republicans to cross that filibuster threshold. Now it's on its way to President Biden for his signature, which he'll do in a heartbeat. Uh, Tell us about uh, your reaction to this matter. Well, certainly I'm disappointed uh, for a lot of reasons. This could have been killed in the Senate. We had 12 Republicans that joined with the 50 Democrats that ultimately got them over the 60-vote threshold by a vote of 61. And in the Senate, it's really clear what they think of religious freedom because they shot down three religious freedom amendments that was something that would actually protect religious freedom, those that were offered by Senators Lee, Langford, and Rubio, three different ones they shot down. Instead, what they did is they added the Collins and Baldwin Amendment that really provides virtually no religious freedom protection at all, beyond the fact that it doesn't have any real religious freedom protection. The fact is that it has the same-sex marriage portion part of the bill, and in addition to that, It also originally opened up the door for polygamy because of our pushback on that. They finally issued an amendment that says it won't open the door to polygamy. Uh, So that door has now been, or loophole has, has been closed. But they didn't close the loophole on child bride marriages because what this law says is one state has to give recognition to another state's marriage, and it's not just on same-sex marriage, so it would also be with regards to child-bride marriages that come out of California where you can marry a 10-year-old, and many of these abusive situations have happened all over California and in these child-bride areas. A lot of states, most states, uh, have enacted laws to prevent that, but all these laws would be overruled now uh, by this particular provision. Then going over to the House, we spent a lot of time in the House. Uh, We got um, some uh, Republicans originally that voted to change their vote, but it wasn't enough to stop the bill in the U.S. House. It could have all been stopped in the Senate, but for these 12 Republicans, three of which are retiring, uh, but... Several of them are still there, and uh, they voted for this bill. So now we've got this going on to Biden. It's a terrible bill. But I want to also, as we move through this program, talk about what they unwittingly have done. Because what they have unwittingly done, uh, they ought not celebrate this as a victory. Because it may be a temporary victory. I think it only will be a temporary victory. This particular action really paves the way to overturn the 2015 Obergefell same-sex marriage opinion. We can talk a little bit more about why I think so. Yeah, I do want to know why you think so, because, Matt, all of this so-called Respect for Marriage Act, we we kept hearing saying, you know, this is going to codify the Obergefell decision, that even if the Supreme Court overturns Obergefell, that this will not impact, I mean, this is going to enshrine it into our federal statute. So uh, where is the silver lining in this? Well, here's the silver lining, because uh, how we can apply this particular so-called Respect for Marriage Act, once it's a 
signed into law, is that it cannot have the authority of the federal government defining marriage for the states. That would be a violation of the Commerce Clause. They just don't have the authority to force every state to create a same-sex marriage law. So what it does is where Congress has the authority is to say, if one state has same-sex marriage and that person goes to another state, then that other state has to recognize that marriage law. And that's what opens up the child bride loophole, because it says, you know, one state recognizes another state's marriage, but it's not limited to same-sex marriage. So that means all these other kinds of bad marriage laws can be exported from states like California. So that what that's essentially what this does. It repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, which said that states do not have to recognize another state's same-sex marriage. This is just the opposite. It says that states do have to recognize another state's same-sex marriage. So right now, all the states are recognizing same-sex marriage, not willingly, but because of this 5-4 opinion in 2015 called a Burger-Fell versus Hodges. All of the states, most virtually uh, most of the states, the vast, vast majority of the states had constitutional amendments, and they had state statutes that said marriage is the union of a man and woman until this 5-4 opinion came along in 2015. Well, three of those five justices are no longer there. That includes Kennedy, Breyer, and Ginsburg. So there's only two people there still on the court. And there's been other justices that have been added. Uh, Justice uh, Roberts and Thomas and Alito are three justices that were there, and they dissented. Justices Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett, and now the most newest one, Jackson, those have since joined the court uh, following the 2015 opinion. So it's a brand-new court, and the odds look pretty good in our favor. So if you literally go and take a look at what Chief Justice John Roberts said, he has a very, very strong dissent in 2015. And it's the strongest dissent I've ever seen of a chief justice anywhere. And he says the majority's decision is an act of will, not legal judgment. The right it announces has no basis in the Constitution or this court's precedent. And he goes on to never refer to the five as a majority opinion. And he never refers to them as justices. He refers to them as five lawyers. That's a derogatory term. Why? Because they were not acting in accordance with the Constitutional. They were imposing their own will. Hmm. And so it's a very, very strong dissent. So you've got Roberts already strongly dissenting, saying there's no basis in the Constitution. Thomas and Alito, you need two more. And we have, uh, with these uh, three justices here, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett, you only need two of those three. Uh, we're not going to get Jackson, obviously, but you only need either... Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, or Barrett. You need two of those three in order to make a majority of five, and this goes away. So the issue has always been, after a Burgerfell, as we're trying to figure out how to overturn a Burgerfell, is not that it's a legal argument. Like Roe, it was wrongly decided from the start. Like Roe, it has no basis in the Constitution. The problem is, is when you get to the legal part, I think you can get the justice to say, yeah, it was wrongly decided. But then they would come up with a question. So, yes, even though it's wrongly decided, what do we do now? We overturn it. What happens tomorrow? What happens to all these licenses? Think of it in this context. You overturn marriage across the board. I'm talking about all marriages. What happens to the marriage licenses? People rely upon those marriage licenses for their joint income tax returns, for property. They have uh, joint... Uh, bank accounts and names on title uh, for distribution of wills and trust and estates and so forth, uh, all kinds of things, marriage and divorce and all these kinds of things and custody, all that is because of the marriage license. So what happens if they overturn it? Well, this particular thing that just happened, it takes away that reliance argument, and that would be a hard argument to overcome. You could convince, I think, five justices to say, yes, it was wrongly decided, but could you convince them to say, now if we go ahead and correct our mess, what is that going to cause as a chaos in the country? All these licenses will be in limbo. This particular law essentially, for lack of a better term, grandfathers in those licenses 
So that policy argument, that reliance argument, is now off the table. It's no longer a consideration. And so you go directly to the constitutionality, and that's a pretty easy one to win. Because what would happen is these individuals would still have licenses, but going forward, the states would be able to return to their prior laws, as they were in existence prior to 2015, that marriage is the union of a man and a woman, mm-hmm. and they would be able to continue on, just like what we're seeing in the context of abortion, where the Supreme Court moves into the realm, messes up everything, and then moves out of the realm and it goes back to the states where it was before. The same thing, the Supreme Court moves into the marriage realm, messes it up, bases it on something that's not constitutional, now it gets itself out of it. Where does it go? It goes back to the states. And so as you see these states enact these laws that are very strong pro-life or banning abortion, you're going to see the same thing when a burger fails overturned. And what's the kind of a case that can do that? Well, we've got our Kim Davis case that's working its way right back up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. So that's a great vehicle. It's one of many, but it's certainly one that's getting close to the Supreme Court to go back again. And our argument is going to be, that a burger fair was wrongly decided. So the ACLU's claim against Kim Davis that she needs to pay damages for not giving out same-sex marriage licenses, that's moot because a burger fair was wrong from the very beginning and get that particular decision overturned. Hmm. Wow. Folks, uh, so this is no time to give up, no time to despair, but a time really to be in prayer regarding this matter. Uh, Matt, one more issue, and I, we're not too far from the break, but it, uh, I, I want to just refer to our leadership in the Senate and House. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer tweeted out after the Senate passed it. He wrote, I just called my daughter and her wife, who are expecting a baby next spring, to let them know that the Senate passed the Respect for Marriage Act. What a great day, he wrote. And one more issue, and that is uh, House Speaker Nancy. Nancy Pelosi, who said this, Just as I began my career fighting for LGBT communities, I'm overjoyed that one of the final bills I will sign as Speaker will be the Respect for Marriage Act, ensuring the federal government will never again stand in the way for marrying the person you love. I think, Matt, that she's failing to understand that she will one day stand before the judge of the universe, your creator of the institution of marriage. Yeah, you know, um, there has been a lack of leadership um, all across the board, bad leadership with the Democrats, lack of leadership with the Republicans. In the Republican side of things, say let's go over to the U.S. Senate. Uh, our office worked with uh, Senator Thune out of um, uh, South Dakota, and Senator Thune is the minor- He's the whip. He's the one that is tasked with what they call it's, it's the title is a whip, uh, bringing people in line to vote in a certain way. And he refused to whip the case. He refused to get involved in it. Um, He just was going to let whatever senators wanted to do it on their own, and he did not want to do it. So, I mean, we've got some Republicans that are weak-kneed. We've got Senator Loomis, for example, from Wyoming. And if you ask her, is marriage a union of men and women? Yes, she believes marriage is a union of a man and woman. But she lacks courage, and she was afraid of the blowback from the LGBTQ lobbying political agenda. Matt Staver with us here today, and uh, friends, after the break, we're going to be getting into the oral arguments that happened on Monday of this week, uh, 303 Creative versus Ellenists, and uh, so stay with us. Back in just a minute, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, anything new found in outer space recently? Chris, there's always something new. Recently, the Hubble telescope located several giant gaseous planets orbiting around burned-out stars. Now, gaseous planets are not strange. Jupiter, Neptune, Saturn, they're all large and gaseous, so that's not a problem. What is a problem is that the Big Bang Theory dates these at 12.7 billion years old. This, according to the theory, is much too soon after the Big Bang to have formed the heavy elements which are present. They just don't know what they're going to do. Well, I don't know what they're going to do either, but I do know what they should do. They should give up the Big Bang Theory because it's wrong. It doesn't fit the evidence. There's got to be a better way. And there is such a way. It's found back in Genesis. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. 
friends, uh, please be praying for Liberty Council and uh, really the path forward here, the opportunity of the groundwork being laid, uh, if if you will, the uh, stage set for the Supreme Court to overrule on Obergefell and uh, be praying for Matt, for Liberty Council, as they continue to uh, pursue this this very this this end game uh, uh, in in that respect. Matt, this really segues. Matt Staver is with us today from Liberty Council. By the way, their website lc.org, lc.org, that really segues into our topic uh, for today because it was Monday of this week that the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments in the case titled. Uh, 303 Creative versus Ellenis. Uh, you at Liberty Council filed an amicus brief in this case, but lay it out for us. What is this case about? Yeah, this case really collides the LGBT political agenda with free speech. And this case, uh, interestingly, is broader than just religious free speech. So this would apply to anybody, no matter whether your speech is motivated by religion or not by religion. And so this is a creative web designer. She makes a unique website for each individual married couple. She wants to use her artistic talents and expression to be able to celebrate marriage for these individuals. But obviously, marriage is the union of a man and a woman. For her to say that I'm going to celebrate marriage as uh, between two people of the same sex would violate her religious beliefs. So she would not do that. So she refused to. She filed a preemptive lawsuit challenging that state's law because she's in the same state that um, Jack Phillips is in. And Jack has had to go through a huge uh, gauntlet of state persecution over this issue and even had to go through what Justice Gorsuch referred to during the Supreme Court argument as a re-education by the state. So that is uh, the big issue, uh, the impact of this on creative artistic designers. Is, is this a different issue then than the Phillips case, or the same? <clears throat> no, it's the same issue as yeah. Jack Phillips. They just didn't reach the merits in the Jack Phillips case. So okay. he won his case at the Supreme Court, but they never reached the ultimate merits of the Jack Phillips case. Uh, they ultimately looked at the process statements that may have been made during the process, was there any animus, was there any hostility made by the decision makers against Jack's religion in the process? If that's the case, they overturned it. But they never got to whether or not it violates the, the First Amendment, and that creative 303 does. Matt, uh, speaking of Jack Phillips, he was outside the Supreme Court this Monday, and the Daily Signal was there, and here's just an excerpt from Jack Phillips, his comments. I'm Jack Phillips, and I own Masterpiece Cake Shop in Lakewood, Colorado, and I'm here to support Lori Smith and 303 Creative and her right to uh, decide which messages she creates and which ones she's able to decline. So, Jack, you've undergone an incredible legal battle over the past many years. Can you tell us a little bit about what, how that got started? Um, our case got started 10 years ago when two men asked me to create a cake that expressed a message that I couldn't in good conscience create. I offered to create other cakes for them, uh, sell them anything in my shop, serve them gladly, but that wasn't good enough. They sued me through the state of Colorado, where we ended up here at the United States Supreme Court five years ago today. We won that case 7-2. to two. What do you think is motivating these people that are starting these kinds of battles against people like you? I don't know the motivation of other people, but I do know that these cases are important to them as well because these, these rights, these freedoms are for every American. They're not just for me. This is not about my cake shop or Lori Smith. These are the rights of every American to be able to determine which messages they speak and which messages they decline. And why is Lori's case so important? For the same reason. Lori is being attacked by the state of Colorado. They're, they're able to use the laws that they have and misinterpret them to make her make speech that she doesn't want to make and to uh, express views that she doesn't want to express. And that's... Uh, that's it in a nutshell, and she should be able to decide those things for herself. Okay, Jack Phillips sees the importance of this, Matt. Yeah, that's a that's in fact they dodged the issue with Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips' case is exactly the same thing because he uses his creative um, work in the form of a wedding cake, and he did not want to use his creative work to celebrate same-sex marriage. You'd have to put two men or two women on top of the cake and do other kinds of things, and. You know, they, they put themselves into the creation of this particular item. In his case, it's a cake. 
in uh, Lori's uh, case, it is a creative design of a website. In mm-hmm. somebody else's case, it might be a floral arrangement. In another person's case, it could be um, T-shirts. You know, so it's it's really broad. And in fact, if you go look at creative history, and our amicus brief that we filed looked at throughout history, different kinds of books, uh, theatrical performances, plays, other kinds of movies, videos, and depictions of things throughout history that have been designed to send a message. So, for example, the theatrical performance Copenhagen, that dealt with whether or not you should create the atomic bomb. And one of the characters in that presentation is someone who was in favor of it. He wanted to create the atomic bomb for Nazi Germany. The other person was from the Netherlands, and he was opposed to it because his country had been taken over by the Third Reich, and he didn't want to create the atomic bomb. So that whole theatrical performance was over this issue. It was a big debate, and it was a raging debate around the world as to whether or not science ought to create some destructive weapon like this. And it had a pro and con. It had a message that it wanted to bring out. Now, what if the government ultimately said, well, no, if you're going to engage in theatrical performances on this issue, you only have to be pro-atomic bomb, not anti-atomic bomb, or so forth, whatever it may be. It would be a government-imposed message. And so, you know, there's a lot of people who historically have had to write anonymously. Why? I mean, some of the early messages of our founders were written anonymously because they were afraid of punishment from the government that didn't approve of that message. And so that's why if the government can force you to speak a message that is LGBTQ, in this case, in the context of marriage or could be something else, and use and commandeer your expressive activity and coerce you into speaking a message, that is a serious violation Mm -hmm. of the First Amendment. Matt, I'd like to, uh, we talked about the questioning that was coming from Justice Gorsuch on the re-education. Just a brief clip on what he had to say interacting with the uh, uh, attorneys there, and uh, let's listen in and we'll have you comment. I'm, I'm looking for the distinction between the two cases. One you say is okay, the other one not okay. Because the company, unlike our first example of the, the speechwriter, yeah. the company here says in no uncertain terms will they ever sell a company, a, a, a product or a service to a same-sex couple. No, what they sites. say is we will not sell to anyone, anyone, a, a message that I disagree with as a matter of religious faith, just as a speechwriter says, or the press release writer, the freelance writer says, I will not sell to anyone a speech that offends my religious beliefs. But here they are defining their service by excluding someone based on their... That's their religious belief. Well, in Colorado... You can't change their religious belief, right? No, but... but well, to... And you protect religious beliefs under the statute, right? That is one of the protected characteristics, yes. in theory. And in practice. If it wasn't in practice, we had heard about it over, over the past several years, and, and my friend has pointed to no example where this has been applied. Mr. A- Phillips did go through a re-education training program pursuant to Colorado law, did he not, Mr. Olson? He went through a, a process that ensured he was familiar it with... It was a re-education program, right? It was not a re-education program. What do you call it? It was a process to make sure he was familiar with Colorado law. Someone might be excused for calling that a re-education I strongly program. disagree, Justice Gorsuch. Thank you, Mr. Olson. Matt, your comment. <laughs> I mean, I love that uh, colloquy right there because mm-hmm. he was right on where he talks about uh, the re-education program, and he would not let the attorney for Colorado get away from that, and he continued to press that, and then he cut off the attorney. But the other thing, though, is he used this illustration of a speechwriter. So a speechwriter now is someone who is able to do speeches. We've got someone who comes to the speechwriter and says, you know, I'm not very good at words, but I want you to write this particular speech for me. And the speech that you want them to write is something that is really offensive. Say, for example, that speechwriter is approached, or, or maybe it's a photographer, and approached by a group and said, you know, we're celebrating our 50th year anniversary. We're going to have it this weekend. We need a speech. We need a memorial album uh, for it. And you want to celebrate our history and all that we've done over 50 years. And the speechwriter and or the photographer says, so what is it? Well, we're the KKK. And we want to celebrate our past 50 years. Now, anybody in their right mind would say, 
I'm not going to force that speechwriter to write a glowing speech for the KKK. I'm not going to force that photographer to create a pictorial album to celebrate 50 years of the KKK. But that's exactly what's happening in Colorado, forcing this creative designer of websites and anyone else, frankly, to celebrate something that they loathe, celebrate something that is directly contrary to their religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. Matt, since I'm airing clips, I've got one more clip I'd like to air, and this is from Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson. And as I heard this, I thought to myself, I'm not sure that she's really plugged into what this case is all about, but let me play the clip and, and have you comment. I'm a public business. I'm a photographer. My belief is that, you know, uh, I'm doing It's a Wonderful Life scenes. That's what I'm offering, okay? I want to do video depictions of It's a Wonderful Life. And um, I, knowing that movie very well, I want to be authentic, and so only white children and families can be uh, 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 customers for that particular product. Everybody else can, I'll, I'll give to everybody else, I'll sell them anything they want, just not the It's a Wonderful Life depictions. Um, I'm expressing something, right, for your purposes, that, that speech. What about, uh, what's the other step? It's speech, and I can say anti-discrimination laws can't make me sell the It's a Wonderful Life package to uh, non-white individuals. Uh, Matt, is this not an apples and or versus oranges argument here? You know, I, it, that was a strange uh, series of uh, analogies that she did, and uh, it really shows her ideology uh, and she's essentially trying to turn It's a Wonderful Life into some kind of white supremacist type of thing, apparently. I don't know. Um, but it really it really didn't fit to the argument. I think it was completely uh, off base. There's no question about it. Uh, I think notwithstanding uh, this kind of colloquy that she did, I count that we have at least five, perhaps six justices. I don't, I don't typically do this. I, I did it after... Uh, our argument that I had earlier this year on the Christian flag case, and I predicted an 8-1 to one or a 9-0 decision with likely a 9-0 decision. We did get 9-0. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that we have a majority here to ultimately rule in favor of the First Amendment, which is a good thing. What are the implications of this case? Well, the implications is if you go the wrong way on this case, uh, that means that People like the 303 Creative, Jack Phillips and others, uh, they will be completely excluded from the marketplace. If they want to be true to their religious values, they'll be completely excluded from the marketplace. But you know what will happen in real uh, life activity is it will be those kind of people that have a belief, for example, on the context of marriage as the union of man and woman or other religious views that will be excluded. Because in my analogy that I used for the KKK situation, uh, they're not going to come after somebody like that. So it's going to be a law that will be unequally applied. In fact, there was an analogy, uh, uh, something that was uh, asked as a uh, question. and said, well, what if you, you had a uh, black Santa in a mall? There was a started off with a white Santa at one end, and there was a black Santa at the other end of the mall. The justices went through these different hypotheticals. And Alito said, what, what if there's a, a black Santa uh, in the mall, and somebody wants to come and sit on his lap with a... Uh, Ku Klux Klan outfit and get a picture taken. Tell you what, I got a break. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Crosstalk. Often, the sounds of traditional Christmas carols are missing this time of year. The secularization in our society does not want to recognize those carols which point to the Christ of Christmas. VCY America is making available Sounds of Christmas, Volumes 3, 5, and 6. The various selection of Sounds of Christmas features the music of the season as played by Vic Eliason on the digital piano, Hammond organ, and Allen organ. Songs like Go Tell It on the Mountain, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and Joy to the World. These instrumental CDs are perfect for playing in your home, office, or car throughout the season. Each volume of Sounds of Christmas is available for a donation of $6 each or all three for a donation of $15 to VCY America. Call 1-800-729-9829 and have a Merry Christmas.
Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver with us today. Yes, founder and chairman of Liberty Council, their website lc.org, lc.org, with analysis not only on the vote that happened today for the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, but also the uh, oral arguments that were held earlier this week, 303 Creative versus Ellenis. And uh, we're talking about that case. Friends, we're also opening our phone lines. If you have a question or comment on these issues, uh, pick up your phone, give us a call at 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Matt, as we were going into that last break there, uh, had to abruptly stop our conversation here due to the break, but uh, you were talking about uh, the uh, black Santa and, and white Santa? Yeah, so there were hypothetical that uh, Alito asked is, so what if there's a black Santa in the mall and he does not want to have his photograph taken with someone who sits on his knee and has a KKK outfit? Uh, would he have to do that? And uh, the Colorado uh, attorney said, no, no, he wouldn't have to do that because that's an exception. Well, you know, if he doesn't have to do that, which I think they're right, then why does 303 Creative have to create a design for same-sex marriage when it conflicts with her views and particular deeply held religious beliefs? Matt, we just had a pro-family organization that was holding some kind of uh, Christmas dinner or banquet or dessert reception or something here recently that just, what was it, 90 minutes beforehand they were told to cancel that because of their right. v- viewpoints? Yeah, that was the uh, that was in Virginia with the uh, Family Policy Foundation. There, they were com- they were going to have an event, and it was completely canceled. Why? Because of their viewpoint. You know, and and this is a whole different situation. If you have a restaurant, for example, uh, that is open to the public, and you're saying I'm not going to cre- I'm not going to allow you know, this person of color or or this person because they're LGBTQ eat dinner here. That's a whole different scenario uh, than forcing someone to create something that celebrates a particular um, message that Mm -hmm. is contrary to their beliefs. And that's exactly what 303 Creative is, forcing someone to use their creative talent and put their message into celebrating a message that clearly is offensive and or conflicts with their deeply held religious convictions. Well, where does this end, Matt? I mean, how many of these cases, we've got Jack Phillips who, you know, as soon as he won one Supreme Court victory, then another case came against him, you know, not making a, somebody wanting to celebrate uh, coming out, changing their gender. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, the Ar- Arlene's Flowers, and, and we have this case. Where is this going to end? Uh, d- does the Supreme Court need to take some definitive action in this case? Well, they need to take a definitive action. I think this case is not going to be one that they're going to be able to dodge like they did in the Jack Phillips case. And I think perhaps in the Jack Phillips case, remember you still had Kennedy on the bench, and he was very much uh, pro, you know, LGBTQ. He's the one who wrote uh, the same-sex marriage opinion, uh, a burger film. Mm-hmm. So uh, what you have here is probably a compromise at that point in time, just to kind of punt it out of the way not get to the merits, because if they got to the merits, perhaps Kennedy would have gone the other way. So there may have been some horse trading going on to get to that decision. It doesn't satisfy the issue, and he had to continue to go through some additional problems. And then Baron L. Stutzman, you know, with Arlene's Flowers, she, um, you know, she's been a target of this and finally had to end up settling her case um, because she could have lost a lot of damages against her. Uh, but I think this case will ultimately get to the real heart of the issue, which is the First Amendment, and it's not going to be limited to religious free speech. It's going to be free speech, so it's going to be even be broader, no matter what your motivation is. And I think this hopefully will ultimately settle it. Not to say it's the last case coming down the pipe, mm-hmm. but now I think it's going to be a head-on issue that we're going to see some kind of good resolution. Keep praying, because... Uh, they will have met uh, either today or they meet tomorrow to cast their votes. And then after that, someone will be assigned by the end of this week to begin writing that opinion. I think this will be one that will come out late in the term, perhaps uh, May or certainly no later than the end of June. 
Matt Saver with us today. Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Your questions or comments as it relates to the vote that happened today and the Respect for Marriage Act and the implications for uh, Obergefell and uh, and uh, possibly overturning this at the Supreme Court level, uh, as well as the case heard this week. That is the 303 Creative versus Ellenis. Our number, 800 733 9829. Julie is calling from Pensacola, Florida. Julie, you're on the air. Yes, I just have real three real quick comments. One is we're all of the same race. We're one human race. Doesn't matter what color skin we have, different shades of different tan of color. So there shouldn't be an issue on the race, and I wish there wasn't. As far as the, um, the, the gay and lesbian, I think that they're trying to cause trouble, and they're just troublemakers. They want to just cause trouble for the Christian people. They could go to a person and bake the cake that's a gay person, but no, they choose to cause trouble, I think, with the Christian community. And then third comment is, I think us Christians need to be a little bit more bolder and start sharing the gospel more, because maybe we could make a big difference if we just start, you know, being what we're supposed to be, sharing the gospel with other other people and sharing the love of Christ, and maybe this all could be eliminated. There wouldn't be all these fights about um, what color skin we have. It doesn't matter. What really matters is, do we know the Lord? Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much, I Julie. fully agree with all three of your points. Very well said. You know, and uh, to that second point, um, that's what happened in the Kim Davis case. They could have gone to any other clerk just a few more miles down the road, literally just a couple more miles, but they targeted Kim Davis because they knew her sincerely held religious beliefs with regards to marriage of the union of a man and a woman. And Matt, the other point I just want to comment as well is, you know, we've gone a long ways from the years ago when we said just tolerate, you know, we want you to be tolerate tolerant, and now they're expecting celebration and participation right. uh, into uh, their lifestyle and full acceptance and and and, and that now you can't just be you know you can't stay neutral you must celebrate this. Yeah, and that's exactly what you see in say three hundred three creative Jack Phillips, um, Baron L. Stutzman, you know, Arlene's Flowers, all of those. They want you to celebrate, and in fact, say in the Baron L. Stutzman case, she had individuals who were homosexual that she, you know, provided services to on a wide variety of issues. But then, when it came, he, even the person who sued her, uh, she actually made cookies or different kinds of cakes for that individual. She thought he was a friend, but then when he came up and said, "I, I want you to cater my my wedding and, and to do this," she says. Uh, you know, you know, I can't do that. I believe in marriage as a union of a man and woman. She thought it was over, and then he filed suit because he wanted her to celebrate his same-sex marriage. Yeah. We have Brad calling from West Dallas. Brad, you're on the air. Hey, Brother Jim. Uh, that uh, newest Supreme Court justice, so-called, uh, was really out there. I, I, her hypothetical was ridiculous. It had nothing to do with her having being forced to use her creativity to create something in violation of her religious convictions. It had to do with the, the color of somebody's skin in a movie that she had no, no uh, part in making. And uh, it, for being forced to celebrate, that's another thing, what you just said. Um, if we're being forced to celebrate this stuff, um, they're going to have to excuse me because... I'd rather gag. This is, this is getting ridic- ridiculous with the government coming down and forcing people to do what we know is wrong, and the government always on the wrong side of the question. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, first of all, that particular movie, It's a Wonderful Life, that was not a white supremacist movie, number one. Number two, the analogy of you're going to want to create it like it used to be, and you want to be true to it, so you're only going to sell it to white people? What in the world is that about? I mean, that's an absolute stupid analogy that has nothing to do with the, with the movie or with the case. Mm-hmm. Well, true. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Richard in Fort Scott, Kansas, you're on the air. Hello, Richard. Hello? You're on the air. Go ahead. Hello. Uh, yeah, my question is this. Uh, there used to be posted in just about every business in the United States we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone for any reason. Is that 
no longer valid? Well, it would be, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that is not valid. Uh, and, you know, you, you, you see things, you know, you have to wear shoes or shirts. That, you know, that's one thing. But you can't just refuse for any reason. So, for example, uh, if someone came in and uh, they're black and you don't want to serve them, that would be a violation of the public accommodations law. But that's, you know, you're, you're, that is a completely different scenario than forcing someone to use their creative activity, whether it's writing, creating symbols, images, words, pictures, mm-hmm. uh, plays, whatever it may be, and using that creative material, that creative um, energy to actually celebrate them. Um, it's not... It's not we're going to serve the same hamburger to everybody at the counter, whether you're black, white, brown, whatever. That, that's a whole different scenario. But if now when someone walks in because they are LGBTQ, you're going to now do some special celebration to celebrate that fact that the person is, say, married to another person of the same sex? No, I mean, that, that's just absurd. Yeah. Thank you for the call here. Our number, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Matt, with that scenario, it would be like a, a, a black T-shirt maker that would have somebody come in to design a T-shirt uh, celebrating the KKK. I mean, how how right. how wrong that is. And, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that would be a more closer scenario than what Justice... That, that, yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's a very close scenario. That would be somebody who's uh, black, they have a T-shirt company, and someone comes in and says, I want you to make uh, 50 of these shirts, uh, and they're going to put KKK crosses burning and KKK mask and so forth on there. Uh, you know, y- you really expect that person to be forced to have to print that? No way. That person should be mm-hmm. able to say, no, you-, you have to take your business someplace else. Matt Staver with us here today, and again, his website is lc.org, lc.org, and uh, we're taking your calls today on Crosstalk as religious rights are at stake, our free speech at stake, our number 800-733-9829. We have Elizabeth calling from Calumet, Michigan. Elizabeth, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I take exception to your conversation. I was listening to the radio and just happened to cross you. I thought that the number one goal of Christians was to love one another and to be tolerant. And yet I hear conversations like this, and I have to wonder, what happened? Where did that tolerance and love go? Because I Well, let me, let me give you an example from Baronel Stutzman. Baronel Stutzman had as a client uh, a guy who was homosexual. She knew it. Uh, she was a good friend with him. She... He would come in periodically for different kinds of flower arrangements. She made flower arrangements for him. She even brought in cookies uh, when he would come in, and he would she would give them to him. So she had him as a customer for many, many years, liked him. Uh, they were friends. But then one day he comes in and he says, I want you to now um, do the arrangement in celebration for my same-sex marriage. And he, she took his hands and she said, she called him by his first name. She goes, oh, you know, I love you, but I can't use my creative talent to celebrate marriage between two people of the same sex. I believe marriage is the union of a man and a woman. And the conversation was pleasant. Uh, He left, and he ended up suing her because he wanted to force her to celebrate his marriage. And she should have the right to be able to say, no, I'll serve you. I'll give you all these other flower arrangements. I'll even bake you free cookies because I'm a friend of yours. But don't force me to celebrate that. And it's the same analogy as what we... We're up against a break. Elizabeth, stay on the line. We'll cover more in 60 seconds. This is Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Have you noticed all of the events that are converging at the same time right now? What is the statistical probability that all of these things would be happening right now at the same time? I believe it's a convergence of end-time events, the making of a one-world economy, the mark of the beast technology, the desire for world government, a world religion, the Jews returning to Israel in record numbers, the talk of a third temple, five red heifers now in Israel looking for a perfect red heifer to sacrifice and begin the purification process, Israel discovering massive amounts of natural gas and maybe gold. 
Israel surrounded by her enemies. Right there in Syria, you have Iran, Turkey, and Russia on her border. Then you have the Jews that are being prepared to be deceived, looking for a Messiah. We have the rise of anti-Semitism, the talk of global famine and plagues. All of this tells us the stage is being set for end-time events. Are you ready? You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Matt Staver with us today from Liberty Council, and uh, we're involved in uh, responding to Elizabeth right now. Elizabeth, you still there? Yep. Okay, okay. So, Matt, go ahead and finish your comment. Just one one other comment there, Elizabeth, and you can respond to it. And let's go back to the analogy that uh, Jim mentioned earlier. Say you have a Christian uh, black uh, entrepreneur. He owns uh, or she owns a printing t-shirt printing company and uh, this person comes in and he wants t-shirts for fishing or whatever so he prints him all kinds of t-shirts but then one day the same person comes in um, and then he says I want you to print me um, a t-shirt with the KKK hood on it Um, that guy is a Christian who is behind the counter who owns the store he services this guy he loves all of his customers and he loves people he loves God but would you really require him to print a, a T-shirt celebrating the Ku Klux Klan? Well, you just said a minute ago that those are two separate issues, so I'm not no, going to let you the same issue now. No, 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 no. Stick same. to one issue at a time, please. Yeah, no, that is the um, same. As far that... as the transgender and the gay thing, so uh, what I hear, and, you know, certainly you're entitled to your belief, just as I am, what I hear you saying is, I love you until I don't. No, and as long I, as you I say, are, you know, he, he you like the, the, the black man had to... Elizabeth, let Matt respond here to what you just stated. Go ahead, Matt. I mean, that's a that's a false analogy. I love you until I don't. I mean, Baronel Sussman didn't stop loving this uh, customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the black T-shirt uh, printing situation, he, he's not going to stop serving the same yeah. person when he comes in next week. But he, he can't bring himself to print a T-shirt... Um, that celebrates something that is repulsive to him. And so let me ask you this. My mother's church is open affirming. They welcome everybody. They perform, um, they perform marriages that are within the law, whether they are man and woman, 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 man and man. So you're saying that they're wrong, correct? And they are a Christian, well-known Christian denomination. So you're saying they're incorrect in their interpretation? Well, I, I don't think they're biblically correct. Certainly no. But, you mm-hmm. know, they can do what they want to. Um, we're not going to force them to do one way or another, uh, affirm or not affirm. Uh, but what uh, this is about is the government forcing someone to give a message that collides with their First Amendment rights. And the implications of saying that, yes, she has to create something for same-sex weddings, even though she'll create all kinds of things for the same people for other things, it's not the people, it's the event that someone is celebrating. If you say that that's okay for the government to force her to do that, uh, then, then that just collides with free speech, whether it's printing, publishing, uh, theater, art, music. These individuals need to be able to have the, the freedom away from the government forcing them to carry a message that, that they disagree with. Yeah. The implications well, are staggering far beyond the issue of same-sex weddings. As long as it is legal, same-sex marriage is legal, I believe they do have a right to enforce that law. Now, well, if you disagree so with being, that law, being a member of the KKK is legal as well, right? So now you tell the black uh, T-shirt guy, well, yeah, it's, what I'm doing is legal. I'm not burning down buildings, but I'm a member of the KKK. Uh, I don't like people of color, so print no, me the T-shirt. KKK's so what do you say group. to that? You can't use that as an example. I'm sorry. No, no, what do you say to that? I just want to know. Does the, does the black printer have to do it? It is not a law. The KKK is a hate group. You Does the black gay printer have to group. print that? You can't. Or can you the black can't. printer say no? Or a white printer, either one. It doesn't matter whether the person's white or black. Does the printer have to print that KKK image on the T-shirt? No, because it is a hate group. You're not hearing me. No, 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 no. Your terminology is a hate group. There's no law that says something about a hate group. So if you're saying no, then you would agree on the other issue as well, because the legal principle is exactly the same. 
Thank you for the call here, Elizabeth. And, and let me just say on the other issue, um, if you do, you talked about being Christians and accepting this, but let, let's go back to, to the Bible and what the Bible says. Even as Jesus was a, asked that question about uh, marriage, and he said, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. God instituted marriage, and so to be biblically correct. It is between a male and a female, and uh, that's our source of authority. Appreciate your call here today. We've got uh, Jeff next in Superior, not far from our previous caller there. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I'm curious now because I'm somewhat confused about legality and legal. I do not, same-sex union, I do not call it a marriage. Uh, I know it's not politically correct, but I just to me, a marriage is a traditional marriage between a man and woman, and that's what I choose personally to refer to. Mm-hmm. Is it illegal if I don't call a same-sex union a marriage? Is it illegal? Uh, no, it's not illegal for you to do that. But what Colorado is saying is that it would be illegal for you to refuse to celebrate it if you are in the creative services industry. So, for example, even if you are a stay-at-home soccer mom, for example, and you wanted to put up a web page to make a little bit of money on the side, and uh, you have a photography business, and someone says, I want you to now put together an album to celebrate the same-sex weddings, uh, that person would not be able to say no under Colorado law, and if they are forced to say yes, then they would have to just completely get out of the photography business. Otherwise, they'd be violating their religious beliefs. So that's why this law is so problematic. Uh, many states have made exceptions so that someone doesn't have to violate uh, their sincere religious beliefs or their free speech rights. We've got Dora in Kentucky. Dora, you're on the air. Hello, Dora. Yes, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate the program today. Uh, it, it's very sad that it has come to what it's come to, that even the President of the United States would sign such an abominational uh, law mm-hmm. as, as what is, you know, you've been talking about today. Yeah. And, uh, and I would like to ask the question, you know, is it even possible to actually turn this thing around? I'm going to stop you right there because we're down to 30 seconds. Matt, go ahead. Is it possible to turn this around? Absolutely, it's possible to turn it around. I mean, look what happened uh, with Roe v. Wade. Uh, We worked for decades for that, and it'll have decades in the making. So, yes, it is absolutely possible, particularly on the Obergefell decision of 2015. Uh, We just issued a press release on that very issue just a few moments ago. If you go to the website lc.org, there's a three-page press release. Just came out from Liberty Council entitled Stage is Now Set for SCOTUS. That's the Supreme Court to overturn Obergefell, lc.org. Or thank you for the call. And Matt, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Good to be with you, Jim. Friends, always a time to be praying for this nation. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.